This is Shauna Lee, and welcome to this week's The Soul Frequency Sessions. Real talk about real life and how to raise your energy frequency. This week, we're going to be talking about innocence. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit, like definitely throughout the past year, But even before that, and it really comes from my relationship of watching my son grow up and, um, you know, it's so interesting watching children grow up or having children in your household, you know, who each year obviously hitting new milestones and growing and, and I'm just going to share some of the reflections. I don't know how much of this I've shared on the podcast, um, in different episodes, but I just wanted to have like a real sit down moment and chat about this because I feel like these things are valuable and they're just um, observations I've had and things I've wondered about. And so I'm just going to offer them up, take them or leave them, (laughs) use them if they're valuable, don't if they're not. But one of the things that surprised me in becoming a parent is that We live in a world and a density and a reality that comes with a lot of challenges. I mean, it's really an earth school of lots of different things that we're going to experience, some of them very difficult and painful. Obviously, you know, we contend with emotions and this density and reality, and we're not really taught about that, which kind of blows my mind because in a lot of other realities, it's, there's no emotional component. So here we are in this emotionally based reality. And we don't talk about that, right? In a lot of people's households growing up, they were not taught healthy emotions or how to express their emotions in a healthy way. We certainly see a lot of stuff out in the world that is people's pent up anger or rage or sadness or disappointment um, being projected all over the place because we, again, are not taught in school. We're not taught in life how to move through emotional waves of life. And yet, we're confronted with these emotions all the time being human. So it started, you know, when uh, Jameson was young and they talk about the terrible twos and, and terrible threes even, and all the temper tantrums and things like that. And I thought about like how frustrating it would be to be young. Like I remember when he was born, he was so frustrated that his arms and legs didn't work in the way he wanted to. Like I could just read it all over his face. Like he was like, okay, so I've come into this body and I can't walk and I can't, you know, do this and I can't pick things up. We know when he's a small baby and he just seemed generally frustrated about that. And when he finally was able to walk, I think he walked at like 10 months or something he was so happy. Like you could just see his face was like, oh, thank goodness, this machinery works. Like, this is amazing. And, um, and the happier he got as, as he was able to, you know, learn more skills and use his body in, in different ways and use his mind in different ways and things like that. And so that experience made me think like, well, I wonder if it's just very frustrating to not be able to have yourself honored and heard and respected. Cause typically, you know, if it, if kids can't verbally express themselves, like how do people know what they really want and need? It's, you know, everybody who's had a small child, a baby is like, you're constantly trying to figure out like, what's this cry about and what do they need here? And how do I figure this out? So I, instead of thinking about what is, what was frustrating for me, I was like, that must be frustrating for them to not be able to 
get their needs met exactly when they need them because they don't know how to express that so that adults can understand. So it got me thinking like, I want to give him the words for his emotions as soon as I can. So I started teaching him, you know, when he was frustrated, what that looked like and what it looked like when I was frustrated. So if I was ever frustrated, I would say mommy's frustrated. So he could feel that energy, that particular energy, because every emotion is energy. And then he could understand, oh, that's frustration. That, like now I have a word for it. And so we started this thing and he would say things like, Jameson's mad, <laughs> you know, or Jameson's upset or Jameson's sad. And we really made it through like, you know, the twos and threes in great communication. And there were two parts to that. Like communication needs to be spoken and given, but it also needs to be received, right? So I was really like keyed into like receiving his communication, not just thinking what was easiest for me or kind of blowing it off, but going, okay, if he's like going to show up and really communicate, then I want to be able to receive that. So we had this great line of communication. And it was really funny because at one point in time, he like threw this little um, matchbox car across the room and I told him it almost hit me. And I said, Jameson, if you throw that again, I'm going to have to put you in the thinking chair. And so I had never done that before. I had just heard of the thinking chair, but I had literally been scared by society that if I didn't, you know, have some sort of like discipline thing, like the thinking chair, then, you know, my child would be unruly and I don't know, not get into college. And you know how extreme, like the whole fear thing goes, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't get on this now, you're just going to be in trouble. So at that time I still was like, all right, well, we have to have some, you know, alternative for this. So I said that and he kind of looked at me strange and he, he went over and got the car and he picked it up and he threw it again. So I was like, okay, mommy's going to put you in the thinking chair. So I got this little chair and I put him in the thinking chair and he was so upset. He was crying. And I just, I said, you have to stay for 10 seconds. And then I explained to him like what was unacceptable behavior and that, you know, the car, I think the second time the car actually hit me and it scared me. And so I explained the whole thing to him and he hugged me afterwards and he just looked at me and he's like, no thinking chair. And still to this day, he's nine years old now. He's like, remember that one time you put me in the thinking chair? And he's like, I knew that I would never go there again. Like he was just like, that was, he was not having that. Right. So like the thinking chair was a one-time thing, but he he learned, you know what I mean? The importance of like this communication that we had with each other. And, um, and so it was really interesting, like on a couple, like it was interesting how much that impacted his life. It was just a short 10 seconds, but it really like stuck with him. And he really said, I will, I'm going to talk to you, you know, I will explain and we can talk it through. And so we developed this relationship of really being good listeners for each other and really describing where we're at, how we're feeling, what you need the other person to understand, which has been a really cool experience. And it just makes me think like how often we just aren't taught that. Like we don't, you know, school doesn't reflect that. Like when kids start going to school all the time, it's not like the major part of the curriculum. From my perspective, I feel like it should be a major part of the curriculum for young children. Um, and so, and so part of like, the innocence of a child is not having terrifying experiences. And so this communication made me think about, you know, a lot of the, the terrifying experiences that children have in their young years 
have to do with things, you know, discipline or getting in trouble or seeing, you know, having a parent, you know, do something when they're really mad or, um, you know, getting punished for something in a really br brutal way that seems devastating. And many amazing parents like are just doing the best that they can but we don't realize that we're much bigger than small kids. So like even, you know, a thing that to another adult seems like a reasonable thing can be super scary to a child who's very small, right? And your voice is big and your energy is big and your body's big. Um, and so parts of our innocence, right? Our hearts get broken in those experiences as young children. And I, and I would say to myself, like, what if we could learn to have like a different level of communication with our small children so that there's fewer experiences, right? That are terrifying for, for children. And then it got me thinking about like this whole idea around being terrified as a child and how so many like things that they see either on television or in movies, like even animated movies, have an element of like terror or massive loss or, you know, like I remember in Bambi myself, I'm still like traumatized by the Bambi movie. And I think it's the mom that dies in the fire. It's just like awful. Right. Um, and I was super young when I saw that. And so as Jameson has gotten older, like we, I would look at certain programming and I'm just like, why are we terrifying children? Like, why is there all this outer, I mean, going through life is enough, right? Beyond this planet, but why do we feed them on a feedback loop? All of this really like traumatic, painful, you know, storylines and difficulties and violence and danger and all of these things. I mean, certainly we will, you know, experience some stuff in life as we get older, but why like bring it in at such a young age, right? And so I started to be frustrated by it a little bit because it's really hard to find things to watch that were, you know, positive and uplifting all the time without some element of that. And even now, as he's gotten older, like, you know, and he's less interested in like animated films and getting into more like, you know, younger live live films with actual actors and things. Um, but again, you know, just the swearing and the the themes in some of these films and anything that is like related, that's a live action film related, always a bullying component, always kids treating other kids poorly and bad and doing mean things to them. Like, and I just say to myself, like, why are we trying to systematically like show these, these visions to children at such a young age? Like, where's the innocence? And something hit me over the past year, because again, I would have this inner dialogue all the time. Like, I'm just kind of putting this out there to you guys um, as food for thought, but I'm like, why are we trying to rob the innocence of a child? Um, and yes, you know, kids have problems with other kids and that's a reality. But like, if we're showing movies where kids are bullying in a certain way or beating other kids up in certain ways, like kids' minds are so impressionable. They're going to remember that right? And maybe if they aren't taught how to process their emotion in a time of high emotion, they're going to replicate what they saw, right? Because I don't know if you've ever noticed this with kids, but they will repeat what is done to them. They will they, they're literally like little mirrors of their environments and they will replicate what's being done to them or what's been done to them out in their environment. And so it's just it's really, really important that we understand the value of innocence. And you can think back in your own life at what are the events that happened, you know, in your childhood where parts of your innocence 
were kind of shattered in those moments, right? Whether it was finding out some piece of information that was just blew your whole worldview wide open or um, experiencing something traumatic or difficult. And it's like, those are those beginning experiences in our life that cause like wounds and belief systems around that stuff. And you have to make a concerted effort is what I learned at this, you know, over the past nine years of my life to, to really help your kids, right? Like to limit some of this. And I don't feel like you can limit your child completely from life, right? Life happens. But I feel like if we know that children replicate things, and if we know that children need to understand their emotions, we can help with that. And we know that when they see repetitive, you know, violence and things like that over and over again, that part of them changes, right, from that experience, and that then they project some of that behavior sometimes. Might not be in the exact same scenario as the stuff that they've seen, but they start to normalize it right? We normalize what we experience over and over and over again, which is really hard when it comes to abuse, because if you've been abused over and over and over again, right, that becomes somewhat normal in your world, even though it's an extremely tragic, right, circumstance. And, and so, you know, even if a child is neglected all the time, then, then that is normal, right? That is what love is. And this is what they do, right? This is what happens for children is if neglect was a big part of their family system, then neglect becomes synonymous with love. So as they go out into the world and they look for quote unquote love, they're looking for that element of neglect too, because that's what love felt like. Do you see how important this is? Like that we understand this because we equate this quote unquote love with things that are not actually truly loving, right? They're, they're wounding. And, and so this innocence piece over the past year, like has really like, I mean, I lay in bed at night. I think about this. Um, and I think about how, our highest like frequency, like our consciousness, right? Like so much of what we're going on, what's going on right now on the planet is we're healing some of these wounds. We're healing the things, the traumas, the ways we've lost our innocence as a young, as a young child or as a young adult or throughout our life. And we're restoring, right? Some of like our core self, like who am I really as a soul? And, and how do I build my life and my belief systems around who I am as a soul and not the things that have happened to me? And so really what we're doing is returning some of our innocence, like returning to that, that part of ourself that is unscathed, that part of ourself that is in the truest and the highest, you know, consciousness without, you know, the ways that we lost our innocence, right? And I'm not saying that we don't go through experiences that are difficult and gain from, you know, gain lessons from that. For sure we do. But but we get to choose, right, for ourselves as an individual and for our children, if we have children in our life, or if you're a teacher, if you're around children, like at all, or you have you know, nieces or nephews or whatever, like how much, right, exposure they get and when to the many things there are out there in life. And because we build most of our belief systems, between the ages of zero and seven, but really zero and 10, let's say, like those are some very important years, 
right? To nurture and teach children about their emotional selves and to teach them principles and values that they will carry with them that are, you know, whatever you feel as if you, if you're a parent, um, is valuable lessons for them for life. And I think that in my healing journey, as I've reflected on all of this, like what has happened for me around innocence is like a softening of my heart to remember like how I was as a child, like that innocent child that I have still inside of me who was so kind and so loving and so open because there was a part in my life where so much had gone on in my life and my reality that my heart was closed, right? There was a part of my life, you know, in my twenties where I was like hardened and I was defensive to the world. And I felt like I had to protect myself all the time from people, which meant that I closed up my heart space when I have a massive capacity to love and be loved when I have such an ability and to care about people. And as I've awakened that part of me, right? Like, and remembered who I was before life happened to me, I have access to such profound, deep, like, you know, love and care for not only myself and my family, but like humanity and people's journeys. And I just feel so grateful to like reclaim that part of myself. And so I think we can all like think about our innocence and that part of you that is real and true and how to bring that forward again and how to feel safe. This is why I create, you know, a soul frequency experience and I create the relationships I have with people that I coach one-on-one because it's a deep and profound relationship and it's something I view as really sacred. And we just don't have enough spaces that are safe and loving where we can really become all of who we are. There's not many places out there in the world where we can just be free to be ourselves and be loved for doing that instead of being you know, judged or instead of worrying what people are gonna think or how they're gonna react. And so that is a reflection of me reclaiming the truth of myself and me reclaiming that big, you know, loving heart that I had when I was young um, and reclaiming that innocence. So hopefully this has been valuable. It's just kind of a free flow of the things that I have thought about and considered through, you know, the eyes of my little boy and watching his journey. And we all make you know, decisions with our own children and they need to feel resonant and good to us as individuals. So by no means do I feel like I'm I'm telling anybody else how to parent or be with the kids in their lives. It's just simply a reflection of my experience and some of the things that I wondered about and continue to wonder about and ways that we can really equip like our next generations to be fully in their heart space, to be safe in who they are, to be able to, you know, feel all their feelings and know that they can move through them and to be able to be healthy members of society and healthy um, participants in relationship and continue that trajectory forward. So I will see you guys back here next week with more food for thought. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show Sessions. 
Come on and join our Facebook community, the Soul Frequency VIP, for connection and support on your journey. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more real talk about real life. Thank you.